Welcome to another episode of Dr. Decision and Coach. My name is Dennis McCurdy, Coach, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Dr. Leo Polizzotti. Our goal is to give you down-to-earth, honest, usable insights, suggestions, and techniques to improve your decision-making process and your life. One of the things that's important, we all get information, we all hear things, and sometimes this is what happens. Maybe it's the way we say it today. Maybe it's the mood you're in. Maybe it's how you take it. And maybe this is the day you change your life. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But first, I want to give you a quote by the famous Benjamin Franklin. Some people die at 25. They just aren't buried until they're 75. Leo, what do you think about that? Well, I'm over 75, so I guess it's all done for me. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, someone had this quote. It was, today's the first day of the rest of your life. Right. You know? I remember that from years ago, and it makes so much sense if you think about it. I mean, yesterday was, that's gone. Uh, and a lot of us, I've certainly done it myself many times. Oh, I could have done this and shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, that type of stuff. And I didn't. And so this is the first day of the rest of the life, whatever you have left, hopefully. Mm-hmm. A lot of life. Right. It's like that old Chinese proverb. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. I love that thing. That yeah. is so. I, I um, We moved into this house about 24 years ago. I said, I'm going to put some bushes down there by the road and this and that and whatever. And it's 24 years later, I have yet to plant a bush. And I keep thinking, oh, my God, it would have been nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's better just to hire somebody to do those things for you. Uh, Delegate right. it. Delegate it. You're right. So so some people die at 25, and they don't bury them until they're 75. I think that really has a lot to do with the fact that people don't set goals or have a vision for their life, or they have some beliefs that hold them back, and they just give up at 25. Well, you know, that's uh, we've. I think we talked about this in another podcast at one point. It's quote unquote existential death, and you hear now on the news quite a bit. People say this is an existential issue. They mean it's a life issue, and and, and what's going on in, in the world and in your personal life. Kind of all encompassing, right? Exactly. So an existential death means you really you're walking and talking, but you're you're not here, you know, for for whatever reason. Now some people they have a good reason. Some people, a lot of people, they just lost it. They don't have purpose. Uh, we've talked about that a bit. We'll get into some of that for more, some of that more. And they have this quote unquote existential death. So Franklin hit on that obviously years ago. It seems to be a pervasive problem with people. And I know that when we get young, we get excited, we hit a few bumps, and then people tend to give up. And that creates that whole existential death in a way. That's why that quote from um, the Stoics. Obstacle is the way. Is the way exactly right? You know, and there's a lot of people who have said that in different ways, actually. Uh, and some people, if there's an obstacle, it energizes them. Oh, wait a minute! I've got now. I have to do it this way. Right. If you're taking, if you're playing a sport, and everybody kind of knows about this kind of stuff, whatever sport is, golf, baseball, anything, and you're working at it, and it's getting difficult. Well, you can decide to give up or you can decide to move forward and say, okay, well, let me work harder at this. Right. And let's say that it's not your thing, that you get involved in a particular 
field, and let's use sports as an example, and you're really not too good at it. You just aren't. And it's not because you don't have the enthusiasm. You just, you just really aren't. Okay, there's other sports. You make a decision to do something different, and you work around the blockage. You work around the blockage so that now you're still doing pretty well in a different, different area. And I think that goes, there was a book in 2006 by Carol Dweck, who's a professor, I think, from Stanford. It was called Mindset. And she talked about two different kinds of mindsets, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And I think you hit right on it, Leo. We're talking about it's really about the effort. We're going to hit roadblocks. We're going to hit obstacles no matter what we do in life. But learning that it's the effort that counts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Plus, you learn from the the situation, the crisis or the problem. From your mistakes. Pardon me? From your mistakes. Exactly. Unless it's catastrophic, obviously. But if it's anything uh, less than the end of your life, I guess, it's a, it's a learning experience. If you look back now, even if you're 30, you don't have to be older. And you boy, look at that. I remember that happened. I, I, I stopped doing that, and things worked out better. You know, you get that insight. But a lot of people don't do that. They come up against the problem. They just stop and say, well, I, I guess I'm just not good at this. And a lot of times... I know we've talked about this, and we're going to do some more. It's people who have these beliefs about themselves where they just, this is how they are. You know, I, I, love, I love these uh, people who say things like, well, that's just how we are in, in our family. Right. You know? I mean, really? Now you're 50 years of age. You know, your parents are not even alive. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Years ago, I had a friend who, a young lady who was very smart, and she had... Uh, taken some classes at a tax company and she learned how to do taxes. She worked for them for a couple of years. And finally one day I said to her, well, why don't you just start your own little side business? And she said, I can't. I said, why not? She said, we're not the kind of people that own businesses. And I said, what do you mean? She said, my father said, we're not the kind of people that own businesses. We work for other people. I was standing in line at a grocery store years ago. There was a woman there I recognized from my high school class, and this was probably 10 years after graduation. And I said, hi, how are you doing? She says, okay. And she's a little bit shy. And I said, are you going to go to that reunion they have? I was thinking of doing that. I only did it once. That was enough. <laughs> but, and she said, oh, no, that's for the rich people. And I thought, boy, that's pretty sad. You know, right. Grant, okay, so maybe she doesn't have, have money, but she could still go, and who knows? It might work out one, wonderful for her, and, and, but just she was committed. She had the belief, oh, that's not for me. And it's really for the people who graduated. <laughs> that's what it's for, it's, no matter what you're doing. Exactly. Now, you have some people who, obviously, they think they're important, so they, you know, the president, the class, and all that business. But uh, I had an interesting situation. One of my favorite topics is me. But I had an interesting situation where I was kind of a rebel in school, did, did nothing. I graduated two from the bottom of my class, and I end up uh, getting a Ph.D. down the road. So I go to this class reunion, might have been that one, and I didn't know where to sit. My wife is with me, and I, I really didn't know where to sit. And the people I used to hang around with weren't there. <laughs> they, 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 they were never there. So I said, well, let's just sit here. There was a table that was empty. Long story short, three other couples sit down. I know who they are, but they would never talk to me when I was in high school because they were 
uppity uppity and the president of this and all that business. One of the guys who was the football star now was a, a painter and wasn't making too much money. Uh, people were talking about what they did. And they had paperwork that we filled out before we went that said what we did. Now, I'm the same person today. So I had put down a PhD in psychology. I do this, I do that. Vietnam veteran. The president of the class, this woman, who would never, wouldn't even say hello to me, she goes, oh, you have a PhD? Oh. And they start asking me about Vietnam and how it was or whatever else. We leave, and my wife, who didn't know these people, she wasn't from around here, said to me, wow, those people really always looked up to you, huh? I said, are you kidding me? Those people wouldn't even say hello to me. But because I get a degree or something, all of a sudden I'm, I'm a viable person, you know? Right, it's sad right. that, that... So they're locked into that mindset like, like the woman who said, I can't do it. You know, they're like, oh, look at this guy is really whatever. Right, right. It's just it's sad. And what we're talking about mindset, and it just goes to show you what you have accomplished is that you had to put in the effort. And what Carol Dweck says in her book, one of the most dangerous things we can do is praise talent or praise intelligence because then oftentimes people will go into what she calls the fixed mindset. They're so afraid not to look smart, so afraid not to be the best athlete that they stop doing things. There's a singing group, I don't know if they're even around anymore, called the Motley Crew. And they were reasonable, I guess. They made the top for a while. But I thought they're just a bunch of uh, hippie bums or whatever, you know. So one day I was watching it. Uh, I saw it on TV or something. Anyway, they talked about their history. They were Shakespearean actors for about a year or two. Then they tried classical music, and then they got into rock and roll because they figured they could make some money. And they had this background that you would never expect. You would think it was just a bunch of guys got together with guitars and became famous, and you find out they probably worked really hard. And that's, if you really want to know the secret, I remember Jack, Jack Canfield, who was a famous psychologist, someone had written to him and said, Dear Jack, I, I want to be successful. Please write and tell me all the things I can do so I can have success quickly. And Jack wrote back on the email, work, 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 work. <laughs> and signed it Jack. Mm -hmm. And people forget about, it's really about the work. It's about, even if you don't have a lot of money, it's about living below your budget and finding ways to keep that up and finding ways to make a little extra money and investing that money. I remember my second year in business, I had to sleep in the office because I couldn't afford an apartment. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a pull-out couch which every night I pulled out and put my blankets and stuff down, slept on the couch. And then in the morning I put everything away in the closet and rolled the couch up and my desk was right at the end of the couch. So I just showered and went to work. But that's what you have to do most of the time if you want to be successful. And it's adopting those beliefs that it doesn't come easy necessarily. It's all about the work. It's all about being persistent. Mm -hmm. And it's th those beliefs that, you know, some people are going to make it, like you said, the people who were ahead of the class, the football star, all these things who just did well then, but maybe they didn't have the right beliefs to carry them forward. Right, exactly. And that's the, that's one of the keys. Exactly. They would still talk about, 
oh, I remember when I did this and, you know, 28 years ago when they were 18 in high school or something. You know? Right. I, I, I've had a number of situations where uh, I did some sales when I was younger. And there were people who, some of these salespeople who had that motivation that did stuff I couldn't. A, a quick story, I was selling some kitchen utensils. God forbid you should call them pots and pans. <laughs> They're kitchen utensils, right? Right. We go to this house. He used to get names out of the newspaper, uh, people getting engaged and stuff, and so we'd go to the house and visit. So we go to this house, and they had a few bucks, but they weren't rich, but they weren't poor. It was a woman. Her parents were there, and we go in. So we represent this and that. And she says, oh, I just bought a set from a competitive company. Pulls an unopened box of pots and pans <laughs> from under the couch, and he says, oh, wow, those they're, they're really good. And I'm thinking, all right, it's time to go. Then he says, well, you know something? And I won't go bore you with the whole story. And he went on for a couple minutes about it. Do you know he sold her another set of kitchen utensils that the major competitor had sold her? They hadn't even opened the box yet. I mean, and there's, I've had other situations like that where I'm ready to I'm ready to leave. Like, well, this is not going to work. But you get someone who's motivated, and they're going to work, and they're going to, no matter what the situation is, they're going to give it a shot. It's incredible to watch that. That, that was really a create, great learning experience for me with some of those guys. They were just, boy, scary. They could probably tell, sell you anything. You know? Right, right. It's, so it becomes like not how many times someone says no to you, it's how many times you get up and keep going. Absolutely. And that, that's, if there is a secret, that's probably it. I was listening to Gary Vinacek this morning, and he was talking about different things. But one of the things that I like about him, he has the same philosophy I have, which is there aren't any secrets, there aren't any hacks, there aren't any systems, there aren't any shortcuts. It's get up every day and do the work. I guess sometimes there may be a shortcut in the sense of uh, all kinds of examples. But in general, the bottom line is you, you do the work. A lot of times when people talk about people they know that made some money, well, you know, he had that money. They don't realize the amount of work that the person did. This wasn't just that all of a sudden the money flowed, except in circumstances like, you know, you're in a family that they're multimillionaires and they pass right. money on. But, but the bottom line is, is the work. And a lot of these people, even people who inherited monies, they still work. Absolutely. They, and why do they work? Because they want purpose in life. You know, they don't want to turn around and go, oh, okay, I work really hard and I made a million dollars and I'm all set. I'm only 38 and boy, this is great. Well, do what? Go fishing every day. I mean, what, what do you do? You know? Right, right. Now, if you have a great hobby or something, maybe that helps out. But when you see these, and everybody's seen them on television or someplace, these multimillionaires and they're still working because that gives them purpose. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about in that if you don't have a vision and don't have purpose and goals, it really sucks the life out of you. Exactly. You really die at 25 years exactly. old. And no matter what you do, things are going to go wrong. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to have detours. It's just getting back on track. And one of the things that I like, we talk about secrets or whatever, is that I believe having a good coach, a mentor, having a, a what I call a mastermind group or support group, mm -hmm. accountability partner, those are some of the key things you can do because you need somebody to kick you in the butt when you need it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know uh, you and I have talked about this before. I don't think I've mentioned it on a podcast about when I'd get introduced to do a presentation and they'd talk about my background, which is pretty, pretty good. It's interesting. I've done a lot of different things. And I used to get up and I was embarrassed. And I'd say, oh, that was me? 
And one day, uh, uh, one of the people said to me, why do you always do that? And I says, well, I feel kind of uncomfortable. Uh, you know, one of those beliefs, I guess, that this can't be me. Here I am in front of a bunch of people, and they're listening to me and think I'm important or something. And I'll never forget that. And I, I changed that. So now I walk up, I just say, thank you very much, and I shake the person. Because that's what people expect anyway. Right, you know? exactly. So the point is, the beliefs get mixed in with uh, your life in general, personal goals, the, something we have talked about before, the visions. The vision someone has is beyond the basic goal. After, actually, a lot of times, I think people start with a vision, and then they have they set up the goals to get to where that quote-unquote vision is. And then once you reach that, a lot of times, it's, okay, what's the next level I can go to? Right. And it's so important to have that purpose and that vision in your life. Well, Leo, I think we've covered quite a bit today on having a vision, having goals, and understanding your beliefs, and that people really need to pay attention to their beliefs. Because those beliefs, you get growing up, family, friends you hang around with, and so forth. Uh, One final quick story, there was a a woman, not a psychologist, who said to people in the American Psychological Association, look at, if you have a kid raised and they're hanging around with guys that are and women that are in pretty good shape and doing well and that type and workers and so forth, they're going to be more successful than once they grow up in other situations. Now, unfortunately, some people, they don't have much choice over that. Right. You know? And some of them get it later. That's right. They get it sometimes later. Sometimes they join the military or sometimes they get around. around I got it later. Right. I got it so later. So did I. Absolutely. Right. So a lot of food for thought, and I want to leave the, uh, our audience with one quote by a Chinese man named Lao Tzu. And actually, I used to think there's a guy named Frank Law who, who said this, but apparently he must have stolen it. But it's this, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Oh, absolutely. So until next time, this is Dr. Decision and Coach saying, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great one.